Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Stephen, Stack. Stack, how are you doing today? You know, like I say every week, another day in paradise. Uh, got done with all my finals early. Completely home free from here. Officially a history major. But I'm only halfway done because I got to, you know, get my other major subtle flex. Sorry for you guys listening. But anyways, I'm pretty good. Josh, how are you doing this week? Well, um, Monday was an absolute shit show. But uh, tomorrow is my last ever final. And it's my only, like, my last assignment I have left. So by the time you're all hearing this tomorrow, by the time I'm editing this tomorrow, I will be done with college. I'll be done with school. I'm still not over it. It still feels weird to say that. I don't feel anything, really. It's weird. But I'm sure I'll feel it all tomorrow by, like, this time, and which we're recording at 6.30 at night, mainly because I'm going to be halfway through a bottle of Pink Whitney, most likely. But anyway, um, Steve, how are you? <laughs> Well, I'm not halfway through a bottle of pink Whitney, but I'm doing pretty well otherwise. Uh, you know, same old, same old. It's been a pretty light week in the work department, but it's been busy outside of work, so that's been fun. I got a men's league game right after this, so I might be cutting out a little bit early. So for those of you who hate the sound of my voice, this is the episode for you. But Luke, how are you doing? Uh, you know, living the dream. Um, we're still kicking my ass going to Rochester again tomorrow. It's fine. Everything's fine. But that means I'll get Friday off, so I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, we're just going to get in the swing of things with hockey because first things first, we have a franchise first. Seattle signs their first player, Luke Henman. Uh he spent five seasons in the queue, and he caused it a huge honor to be the first signing of the Seattle Kraken. He is a 21-year-old. He was the captain of the Blandville Boyce Bryant team in the queue. I, I can't even pronounce it. He was the captain of the team in the queue. He was the 96th overall pick by the Hurricanes back in 2018. They did not sign him. Therefore, he has been, in, been a free agent. He was actually signed on Monday but they wanted him to get through his next two games in the Q, QMJHL playoffs before they made the announcement. So he said it was tough trying to keep, having to keep it from teammates and family and everyone. But it's awesome to see he had 43 points in 32 games this season, eight points so far in the playoffs, and 214 points in 225 career games in the Q over his five seasons. So... Probably a bottom six or max, but hey, you never know. New team, new system. He's got a chance to be like, he's the first signing, so you never know. Might give him a bit of a tire bump and he might just pop off. <laughs> Become the next William Carlson or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. Even with guys who don't get their con their ELCs with the team that drafted them, that doesn't always mean that they're not worth anything. Perfect recent example, Brandon Hagel, a sixth-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres in, I want to say, 2017, might be 20, 2017, mm -hmm. might be 16, whatever. Doesn't get his deal from Jason Dumbass Botterill, goes to Chicago, carves out a role for himself. He's now playing with the Blackhawks and doing pretty well from what I understand it. And I just saw that he's going to be playing for Team Canada at the World Championships. Granted, they don't have uh, much of a roster right now, but the one I saw released, uh, the fact that he's on it, like, good for him. So you never know with some of these guys, they just need to be in the right place at the right time. Another um, another very well-known example that had an amazing NHL career was Joel Ward. He uh, played four years in the O, and then he ended up playing in college, I believe, for the University of Prince Edward Island. And then he gets into the AHL with the Houston Arrows, plays 11 games with the Wild in 06-07, goes back to the AHL next year, and then after that, the rest is history. He played um, from 08-09 until 17-18 with the Predators, the Capitals, and the Sharks. 
And I mean, he had 726 uh, NHL games with 304 points. So for a guy who spent a collective of like, uh, uh, looks like almost 12 years in amateur hockey and then makes it to the NHL and does that, like, I think this guy might, you know, I mean, like, it shows that everyone has a chance, no matter how you get into the league. Look at Henrik Zetterberg. Look at even Victor Olofsson, I guess you, you could say, too. I mean, they're both seventh-round picks. Um, I remember Brandon Hagel earlier this season knocked out Patrick Laine, so uh, props, <laughs> props to him. Uh, and another funny tidbit about Luke Henman being signed uh, to Seattle is the Kraken's head of amateur scouting was with the Hurricanes when they drafted him. So he knew what he, he was getting and what he needed to work on uh, through the couple more years in the queue. So who knows? Yeah, and going back to what Stack said with Hagel, um, I'm pretty sure life took out Line A this year. Do you guys see his end-of-the-year comments? Yeah, that was, yeah. like, that's bad. I'm For those of you who didn't hear it, I, I don't have the direct quote handy, but to summarize, basically he said, no, I'm not playing at the World Championships after this season because this seat – this season made me not want to play hockey at all. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I'm just happy it's over. Damn. Yeah, he does not like this sport anymore. Um, I was trying to find the quote real quick, but I can't. But, yeah, that, that basically summed it up, Steve. But that got me thinking, I wonder if a lot of players are feeling the same way. You know, like we've heard – I mean, we'll get into it later, but we've heard – the Sabres exit interviews where they all sound pissed off and just done with hockey. I wonder if everyone who's either struggling on a play on a struggling playoff team or not on a playoff team is kind of just like, fuck this. Like we just kind of wasted a year of our careers, not even a year because of all this bullshit going on. So it's like, and I wonder if like players, even on playoff teams feel that way, you know, like it could just be mental stress at this point, taking away from the fun of playing hockey. Yeah, I mean, this this doesn't have every. I don't think Nine's comments have everything to do with his time in Columbus. Right. I believe yeah. they do play a part in it, but my mind immediately went to COVID being the factor. I mean, yeah, uh, that sucks for him. I remember seeing another thing. It was uh it had to have been like an intro to him with Columbus. It was like a fill in the blanks type thing. Like the Sabres used to do with the, the boards. And it was like, if I was this, yada, yada. And it was like, if you weren't a hockey player, what would you be? And Lyon said, a nobody. Oh. Uh, Shit. That is, that is a tough look. for the I, kid. I, I think you're right. Stack. I think COVID played and the protocols that went with it had a lot to do with how some of the players are doing right now. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying all, to get at. Yeah. Like, uh, all Mark, uh, the Sabre starter was very, very open about, there were some days where he had to be, go to his teammates and be like, yeah, I'm not doing good today. Like this, this is bad. I'm having a really crappy day. And that's kind of helped him get through it because although, you know, teammates are, they, they're closer than they're, they're family in those locker rooms. A lot of the times they, they treat each other like family, but the isolation was something that came up in a lot of inter exit interviews that these players are really struggling with it. And I, I don't blame them. I, I remember what it's like where you just sit sitting around like it, we all dealt with it with school. Right. Well, basically, we're huddled to our corners. I was fortunate and spent my weekends in Rochester, so at least I was going around bouncing between Fredonia and Roch. But man, last, just last year at this time, I remember me and Luke were just going batshit crazy in forty-five. Like, didn't know what to do, and Luke was stuck doing work too. So it's just yeah. like, and I would I come for the odd weekend, and yeah. We, <laughs> We would play absurd amounts of uh, beer ball. <laughs> and street hockey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get yelled thing. at by our neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Called Another the cops on us. We <laughs> lived in the same house, and they called yeah. the cops on us. <laughs> Another thing to, to real quick mention with this whole isolation thing and the mental aspects of it all, a lot of people are worried about what the Canadian players are going to do 
after the season's done because guys like Dylan Cousins don't know where they're going to go because Cousins said in his interview that he's not sure if he's going to be able to make it home or not yet. So that could play a very big role in how he's feeling in the offseason. And the offseason is one of the most important times for these guys, especially at that young age. So I think a lot of shit's going to get messed with this summer, but hopefully they'll at least let those guys get back home. Um, guys like Olmark, Cousins, and even around, around the league too, not just Sabres players. But that's those are the only guys I can think of off the top of my head right now. And the, and the American guys in Canada, like if Austin Matthews wants to go back to Arizona, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough uh, this offseason for some of the guys with all the restrictions going on right now. Um, but moving on, moving forward, uh, there's been some uh, it's, it's a coaching carousel as it is every offseason, and the Canes have signed their guy. Nothing's set in stone, um, but we know Rod Brendamore has signed to stay on in Carolina. We just don't know details of anything yet or if it's for certain yet. Yeah, so it's rumored that he signed a multi-year extension for $1.8 million per season, which I'd like to say is half of what Kruger – a little more than half of what Kruger was getting from the Pagulas. So um, vastly underpaid if that's your uh, comparable, <laughs> if, if not his comparable, if you're comparing him to one of the worst coaches in history. But Rob Brendamore has done a great job with that Carolina team that always seemed to be on the cusp of being a dominant team or at least a, a regular playoff team. And they've really the last – three seasons and the last two under Brenda Moore, uh, I forget how many years he's been there, at least two, maybe three. They've really excelled under him, especially the young guys like Ajo. Yeah. And I just, I was thinking about this. I wonder if it's like a, it could be a hometown discount because he played there for, I don't know how long and B if it's 1.8 per year, but for a long fucking time, he's going to get a lot of money. Cause I don't think there's limits on coach contracts, right? Not that I know of, and I doubt they would put it into the CBA. That's not usually the kind yeah. of stuff they worry about since it's the league and the players bargaining. Right, right. And I wonder, I mean, I don't, I wonder, can coaches get player or like performance bonuses? Like if you win X amount of games, like make it to the, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it could also, there could also be a lot of that factor in because they know, well, they don't know, but they're pretty confident in their team. So they could be like, okay. If we, if you make it to the playoffs, we'll give you X amount of money and bonus and things like that. Yeah, I'm sure Rod the Bod Brenda Moore would definitely bet on himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, they're gonna. If this is true, if this does end up becoming a thing, then that really sucks for Seattle, who still hasn't chosen a head coach yet. I mean, we just talked about they just got their first player, but um, they they don't really have slim pickings. There's a lot of good coaches on the market now. I mean, after our last show, Rick Tockett got fired too, right? I mean, he's another name I would throw in that hat for Seattle, but, I mean, another name for Buffalo too and, and Columbus and Arizona – there's going to be a lot going on this summer with coaches. Yeah, Most- I forget if uh, Tockett interviewed for the job in Buffalo, but he was definitely considered. For the last time. Before, yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. Not, 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 not yet, no. They, they haven't interviewed anybody that I know of yet. Yeah, and speaking of coaching carousel this summer and teams looking for new coaches – the Rangers are going to be one of them as they fired David Quinn. So Drury and company are looking for new candidates to be the Rangers head coach. It's and not by even, Drury and company, it's just Drury. I was just about to say that. They fired all the assistants as well. So it's literally just Chris Drury. And I wonder if he's just going to say, fuck it, I'm the coach now. <laughs> fuck it, I'm the coach manager and look, I'm the captain. <laughs> look at me. I'm the captain now. Yeah, could you imagine Drury just straps on the skates? Uh, Chris, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to go play. That's what you guys hired me for, right? 
I'm going to play, coach, and trade myself. <laughs> I model my game after Rich Dunlop. <laughs> yeah. No, and then I, I, I just think that's that's smart for for the um, for the Rangers. And a lot of people were making jokes that the you know the the Eichel Quinn reunion isn't going to happen in New York. But what if it happens in Buffalo? And I swear to God, if this team hires David Quinn, I'm going to fucking. Ugh. I gotta start. I gotta start save it, my friend. Save I know, it. I know. We're gonna have we're gonna have a whole Sabres special episode. That's gonna we're gonna have after this one. So yeah. So cats out of the bag. We have a special coming for you. Um, few days after we release this one, where we're really gonna you know let our angers and optimism because you know I gotta stay that way fly. So. That's all I'll say on that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so special, special. <laughs> yeah. Big, I mean, big joke going around, too, with the Rangers is, uh, you know, Torts coming back, making a reunion. Oh, God, that would destroy them. Well, I, I, for one, I mean, I don't really know everyone's problem with Quinn. Like, I don't – like, the Rangers just seem like they're underperforming as it is. They're not a complete team, and I don't see why it all falls on Quinn. But, I mean, they fired everyone else, so I guess it's just someone else they want to put the, you know, someone else, Drury and Messier, who's in the ears of the organization, want to friggin' throw the blame on. But, I mean, I'm not in Rangers. Here's here's what I think is kind of the thinking behind it. Their owner, James Dolan, is known to be kind of erratic. Yeah. So Drury working for him and being basically the only guy right now, he wants to bring in his guy. He doesn't want to have, you know, a Kevin Adams situation where he inherits a coach, doesn't believe in him, and then has to fire him, and then you're looking for a coach. He wants to hit the ground running with a young team, with a fresh slate, and try and get his guys craft his team because if he puts his vision off for one year, that's one year closer to Dolan saying, "All right, Chris, get the fuck out." Yeah, and and, and Dolan also owns the Knicks, and I know I've talked to some friends here about like that are Knicks fans, and they're like, "He's such a he's just an idiot." Like, there's no way to describe him other than that. So I'm sure he does the same stuff with the hockey team. But speaking of Messier, I've heard of another legend hockey player rumored to be in the running as the start of the runnings for head coach. And it's Patrick Waugh. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if it's just a joke because him and Drury played together, but in all honesty, it wouldn't be a bad idea. You got two young goalies there. You have Waugh who is not only an amazing goalie was an amazing goalie, but he's probably a great hockey mind too. So, you know, you bring in good assistance around him. He can obviously be the head coach and then, you know, really get to mentor Yorgiev and Shesterkin along with the rest of the team. It it could be very beneficial to them. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Waz's only head coaching job in the NHL was with Colorado, correct? I correct. think so. And it wasn't for long. It was only No, for... it was like two years maybe, maybe three. And I thought he did okay. They didn't really have a lot there. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly ousted himself basically, but he got a lot out of Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, he's done very well with young players that goes to his experience, uh, coaching in the, uh, CHL. I forget which one of the leagues, but he, he's done well and he's a, he's quite the character. So I think he could fit in with the Dolan big apple kind of vibe. In his, in his coaching career, he coached from 2013 to 2016. He won – his record is 130, 92, and 0. So, like, that's not bad. And he coached three seasons with the Avalanche, all three of them all the way through. And then they just, you know, they kind of changed their mind. That's not bad. Wait, so, wait, wait. Did he not get a single overtime loss? There's no way. No. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. There's – for whatever reason, it's got like ties and overtime losses. 
like separated, so he's got 24 overtime losses. Okay, yeah. okay. I was gonna that's say, so stupid. why would they put ties and then put overtime losses? That, that's it's like, dumb. is he pulling the goalie when they're tied? <laughs> 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 that's nuts. Well, but yeah, so like, yeah, he hasn't been terrible, but or he wasn't terrible, I should say, but who knows if that's the direction they'll go. Who knows if they'll bring in Torts? Fuck it. Bring in Mark Messier. See what happens there. <laughs> uh, nothing good. The Rangers <laughs> yeah. are... The, right now, the Rangers are built like the Maple Leafs, and they're doing exactly... Steve Dangle put it best on his one of his more recent podcasts with Adam and Jesse. Um, they're doing what the 2013 Bruins did to the Maple Leafs, and the 2011 Bruins did to the Canucks, which is, oh, we can't win this way. We can't be tough against tough teams. Let's become tough teams and then fucking suck. I don't <laughs> want to see the Rangers become the the big, bad, slow, old Bruins. The 2011 the, Sabres. Yeah. I don't want to see the Rangers employ goons who can't shoot for shit and try to surround Panarin and Zabinijad with guys who can't fucking pick up their own skates bunch of knuckle draggers they, <laughs> they don't need that they're not built for that they're built more like the maple leafs fast in your face but they don't hit a lot and they still win a ton of games and they look good doing it but sometimes in you know leaf years of recent past they have trouble with intense physicality i yeah. i don't I don't like this direction. I mean, they even not asked Messier, oh, could you coach this team? And and Messier basically said, like, no, because they're not tough enough. Like, who the fuck cares what Mark Messier has to say? He hasn't stepped on NHL ice in two decades. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, I mean, I give Drury a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he has been there when they've been building this team. And I think they understand what wins in this league. And I don't think Drury's going to – he he's won at everything he's done. He's won the Stanley Cup. He's won the Little League World Series, for God's sakes. He's been an Olympic hockey player. Like, he knows what it takes. He knows where the game is headed. He's one of the more coveted hockey minds in the NHL. He's been – they've been trying to get him out of New York for a GM job forever. And he or the team has basically turned him down. So I, I, I think he's smart enough to realize that tearing it down or trading like a Capo Caco for uh, a discount, Tom Wilson, say Claude Lemieux or Brandon Lemieux. Sorry. What's the difference? I, I, well, Claude Lemieux could play a little better. But I think he's smart enough to not do something stupid like that. Wait, they have Brandon Lemieux. No, they don't. They no, trade they traded him. LA before the oh, okay. Thank you. Thank right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Their yeah. their their new Brendan Lemieux is like Brendan Smith or something like that. If that's what his name is. Oh, the guy who fought Wilson. Yeah. 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 I like I like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the everyone also likes. Um, uh, Abe Kubel, Abe Kubel, no, <laughs> no, uh, Abe Kubel of the Flyers for just absolute. I know we don't advocate for people to get injured, but in this case, that's a big a happy, butt there, bud. <laughs> it was just a happy accident where Tom Wilson was just skating along, and Abe Kubel introduced his knee to Wilson's knee, and Wilson's not playing now for a while, so. Yeah. We, we don't want to see him injured, but, well, really, but nothing. <laughs> I don't wish don't, bad things, like but I don't wish you well. Yes, that's the way to put it. So. That being said, though, speaking of Tom Wilson and the Caps, we're going to jump over to our division matchups and uh, refreshers on what's going on, and we're going to jump over to the East. Test Steve, talk about what's going on over there and how these matchups are lining up for the playoffs. Yeah, so a little egg on my face. I think last week I said that the Capitals would probably win the division. Well, not so much. The Pittsburgh Penguins beat them out 
due to a tiebreaker because they both have 77 points in 56 games. So Penguins will face the Islanders in the first round and Washington will have home ice advantage against Boston also in the first round. So you got a couple of good matchups, I think. And uh, I was talking to one of our partners at work who's a huge Penguins fan. And she, she's been real pessimistic about the team almost all year. And I was like, Kathy, she, they're doing well. They're doing a lot better than I thought. I thought they were going to be like sixth in the division and they won it. Well, uh, it for them, it all hinges on goaltending. It's Jari and uh, DeSmith have been very up and down. Uh, if, if they're good, they're going to win. If, if, if they're average, Penguins are going to go to the second round. If they're below average, they're screwed. That's basically it, because the Islanders are limping to the playoffs after leading the division for a lot of lot or being the top two for a lot of the season. But losing Andres Lee is finally catching up to them, and they're really missing his leadership, his goals, and his tenacity on the puck. And their deadline pickups haven't done jack for him either. Wait, you mean picking up Devils players when the Devils sucked wouldn't turn out great? Well, I mean, picking guys off of bad teams isn't all bad. Look at Taylor Hall and the Bruins. Look at Sam, look at Sam Bennett with Florida right now. What, why must you hurt me so? Look at you could have you could have said you could have said Sam Bennett, and we all would have been fine. But no, you have to hey, Peter it, DeBoer me. Hey, he was turned me into Florida. The best example of a trade deadline acquisition who's doing good. But hey, that's the Bennett. But that Taylor Hall guy. Taylor Hall shooting like 16.6% or something after shooting two all season. He's really good. Let's remember that Taylor Hall guy is a free agent this year. And could you imagine a line of him, Eichel, and Olofsson? Like. we can so, make the playoffs next year. So, so just just for those just for those listening, I might edit this week just to edit Josh out of the episode itself. No, um, I have that comment. comment. I will edit. I will edit all of you out except for me, and they will only hear my voice. Unlimited power. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm not a Sith Lord. I don't know, but I've seen your eating habits. What? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I'm... Only Sith Lords like goldfish and absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and, and not wrong. About absolute vodka. Get it? No Sith deals and absolutes. Ooh, I got it, Stack. And you, gotcha. drink gold, no. and you have so much goldfish when you're drunk. No, is this going over everyone's head? No, I got it. I got it. Okay. I got you. It's, that's fair. That's fair. So just to wrap up the division, we already went through the Rangers. Uh, Flyers came in sixth, and they we picked them to be in the playoffs and egg, egg on our faces because they just completely fell apart. And they're they're in for some they're in for an interesting off season. And we'll definitely sorry about that. We'll definitely uh, keep an eye on them. They'll be one of the more interesting teams this off season uh, wrap it up. It was devils and obviously the Sabres to close out the division Sabres, a league low 37 points in 56 games with as many regular season wins as the bills had total wins this year. Ow. <laughs> Boy, do you oh, understand why we're having a separate episode to go through that dumpster fire? Pain is all I have to say to that. All I can think of is the is the this is fine meme, but instead of a dog, it's saber tooth with a cup of Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> yeah, that that about sums it up. Uh, real, real quickly, uh, who do you think has the? What do you think is going to be the more fun matchup to watch? Pittsburgh Islanders or Washington Boston? Washington Boston. Yeah, Washington Boston, a hundred percent. Washington Boston, and the fact of you get to see Chara face off against his former team, which is going to be very, very fun to watch, and 
see if OV comes out of the woodworks like he does every playoff series in the fact that this is the first time he did not score 30 goals in a season in his career. Plus, any playoff series at the Islanders is just a fucking snore fest. So. What? You don't want to see Cal Clutterfuck? I mean, Clutterbuck uh, trying to decapitate Sidney Crosby? Wait, you guys don't want to watch The Trap? <laughs> trap? It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the only thing I would like to see out of that Penguins Islanders series is... Uh, former Leafs legends Kasperi Kapanen and Cody Ceci tear up the Islanders. I, I I like watching Barzil though. He takes over the game when he's out there, and he's fun to watch. Yeah, I can agree but, with that. But I agree with you guys. Definitely the marquee matchup in, for this division is going to be Washington and Boston. Yeah, and I think if Washington wins that, I'd want to see Pittsburgh against Washington. That'd be so cool to see – Ovi and Crosby face off possibly one more time. I, I don't think any of them are close. Either of them are close to retiring, but who's to say one of the teams doesn't make the playoffs next year, you know, or they don't meet in the playoffs anymore. So are you, are you trying to turn this into the NFC championship game where a couple of old stars are hitting each other with their walkers? <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> a couple of old men pointing at the clouds. <laughs> that my people. <laughs> that being said, um, it's been interesting, interesting to see how that those series go. But we're going to jump up north and let Stack talk about the matchups coming out of the Scotia North Division and how those are going to line up. Yeah, well, as of, uh, as of last night, the North Division matchups are set. So the Playoff series are going to be Toronto in first against Montreal in fourth, and then Edmonton second and Winnipeg in third place. So Toronto and Montreal, obviously the probably the more interesting of the two matchups, in my opinion, of course. But um, they haven't played in a playoff series since 1979, I believe, and the last Maple Leafs Cup run in 1967 went through the Montreal Canadiens. And every time these two teams have played, the winner has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, so you're uh, saying Montreal is winning the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. Hopefully that trend continues <laughs> if a certain blue and white team comes out. But anyways. That's how how many one. teams in the league when that was happening, though? The last one was, uh, I think, between 18 and 20 teams. Okay. But All right. That was when the Canadians went, the mid 70s Canadians went on their run. Okay. So Maybe it's not like Canadians. original six pat, uh, yeah. stat padding. The Leafs won, the last Leafs Cup was, but the Montreal Cups have all gone through Toronto. At least the more recent ones. But the other series up north is Edmonton playing Winnipeg. Edmonton, of course, having home ice advantage. I mean, not really going to matter because no fans, but um, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, of course, you've got the reigning heart winner in Leon Dreisaitl up against uh, the reigning Vesna winner in Connor Hellebuck. I mean, you're essentially getting, you know, the Jets are kind of the Bruins of the North. They're skilled, but they're always in your face. They always have a good goalie, and their defense is always really strong. Um, and they have an asshole head coach, but, um, it'll be interesting to see what Connor and Leon can do in the playoffs and if they can carry their team through around maybe two. Yeah. I'm kind I'm kind of bummed. So it seems like every single series that I really want to watch is on the West coast. So I want to see Edmonton play. I have an affinity for Colorado ever since I, Loved skating out with Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Rob Blake, and Patrick Waugh in NHL Hits 2003, a game I still play. Great game. Also, my brother lived there for a bit, so he's he's always been an Avalanche fan. And then obviously, and Vegas for obvious reasons. So it seems like every series I really want to watch, I'm going to have to stay up late and hate my life the next day. Yep. 
thanks to Luke for doing that for us. Um, <laughs> but that's all, that's it for the playoff matchups in the North. Um, the North is the only division this year with seven teams. The rest have eight. And the remaining three of the seven teams are Calgary in fifth place, Ottawa tied for fifth in points, but um, Calgary's got four more games left. Ottawa has one. And then Vancouver in dead last with 45 points. Um, so sort of like Steve mentioned, which of these series is, are you guys going to be tuning in for most interested in? Oh, I mean, most definitely I want to see the Leafs first Habs. It, yeah. it's, it's a big rivalry for, you know, 100 years pretty much. And it's their first time meeting in the playoffs since, what, 1979? It, yeah, it's going to be a fun series and a series that I think the Leafs will control for the most part. Um, and we know the Oilers are probably just going to walk all over Winnipeg. I, yeah. Well, not – I, I think that series is interesting in that it's going to be whose defense gets exposed because Mike Smith has played very well for Edmonton. So that eliminates most of the goaltending advantage that Winnipeg has. So it's all going to come down to what defense breaks on the onslaught of offense because McDavid's going to get his points. Drysdale's going to get his points, but can the rest of the Oilers offense break through the average at best Winnipeg defense and can Winnipeg's more, more like LA early 2010 style offense break through the Edmonton top heavy defense. Yeah. I think this is one of the divisions where both series are going to be fun. Um, just because I think obviously the Maple Leafs Canadians is just one of those age old rivalries we all love. And the Jets, Oilers, like you just said, Steve, it's going to be fun to see who can crack who first or if it's going to be a back-and-forth sort of sort of series. Um, but, yeah, I think they're both going to be real fun to, real fun to watch. Here, here's how I summarize it. The Oilers-Winnipeg series is going to be the series for the casual fan who's kind of going in to look at the stars because they're going to shine. The, the Toronto – Montreal series is going to be for the hardcore fan who wants to see the most intense hockey they've seen all year because they are going to be going for gold. They both know that this is the time to go for it. They got a lot of veteran guys, a lot of young guys who are hungry, and there's a lot of history with these two clubs. I expect there to be blood spilt. I think Cole, I think, I think Cole Caulfield is going to be a real problem for the – for the Maple Leafs at times, not, not all series, but I think he's going to show up every once in a while and just kind of put a little thorn in their side. Cause he's been pretty good so far in his first few games in the league. I, I honestly think the opposite because in the playoffs, the, the whistles go away and he is the smallest kid on the ice. That's true. Um, the only thing I'm really worried about as a Leafs fan is one goaltending and two, um, my mind from every year prior saying, Oh, the Leafs should do really good. And then they go in and fucking blow it every year. Uh, I'm not counting out Montreal ever because as soon as I count out the, as soon as I count them out, that's when they turn it around and somehow win the series. Well, and you have playoff carry price. So that in of itself is terrifying. Even if they play him, I don't think he's gotten back into a game yet. In the regular oh, that's game. true. I forgot about that. He's still yeah. hurt. I think Brendan Gallagher is still hurt, but they might just be resting him. He's not a happy, He's not fun to play against. I mean, there's a lot that's going to go into it. Um, before we switch off this section, uh, the Leafs controlled the season series between them and the Habs at um, winning that 7-2-1. and one. So seven wins, two losses, one overtime loss. Um, and the Oilers have controlled the Jets versus Oilers season series um, with seven wins and two losses. So uh, trends are trends are everything when it comes to the playoffs. If your team is going into the playoffs on a high note, then that's really good, but you don't always want to be streaking. Um, the Jets are streaking in a very negative direction. Hasn't seemed like they can score a goal lately, but they have a few guys out 
chief among them, Nikolai Ehlers. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs when he gets back in because he seems like a playoff type player. I mean, we saw Pierre-Luc Dubois turn it up in the playoffs last year. I wouldn't count out Winnipeg against against the Oilers, especially one because they're more deep on offense. And two, uh, they have the Vesna caliber goaltender, current Vesna caliber instead of former Vesna caliber in Mike Smith. Um, and he's he's streaking lately, but he was shaky before this streak. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But for the Leafs, I mean, Freddie Anderson starting tonight against Ottawa after playing and losing two games for the AHL Toronto Marlies. Uh, giving up a lot of goals on not a lot of shots. So uh, they better keep friggin' Campbell in that or I'm going to become a Kraken fan next season. But anyways, that's all I got for the North. Thank you, Stack. And with that, we'll head down to the Mid-States and Josh will let us know what's going on in that Central Division and how those matchups are going to line up. Well, they're going to line up in a pretty funny way, actually. So to start things off, we'll go over our our, um, our matchups here. So Carolina finished in first with 80 points. Florida in second with 79. Tampa in third with 75. And Nashville in fourth with 64. So Carolina is going to take on Nashville, and Florida is going to take on Tampa. So we get that battle of the Florida teams, which is going to be fun. And I think Colorado – I think Colorado – Carolina – Nashville is going to be fun too. But the funny part about all this is if these teams decide to pull up or send down prospects, those prospects are all going to be going to the same teams. So Carolina and Nashville both share an AHL team this year. Florida and Tampa both share an AHL team this year. So Florida Tampa has the Syracuse Crunch. Nashville and Carolina have the Chicago Wolves. So Everyone's going to get real friendly with each other in these playoff series. And I think it's going to, I just think that's so funny how that ended up working out that way. So that's just kind of the story of the division so far. I mean, like I said, these, the Florida, the Florida battle is going to be fun. Um, and Carolina, I think, is going to beat Nashville, unfortunately, but I think Nashville's not going to go down without a fight. Um, in the season series between these four or for these four teams, the Preds and the Canes, the Canes hold the season series at seven to two, and the Lightning versus the Panthers, the Panthers actually hold this one five two and one. So I think, like I said, I think th- that series is going to be more close than Carolina, Nashville. But Nashville, we've seen it before; they're a very good playoff hockey team. Um, I don't think Pecorino is going to be the same Pecorino as in the past, but. Who knows? Maybe he finds an extra gear or you say Soros takes another step. It's but, not It's not Rene's net anymore. Well, Soros right. Is, yeah, he, that's the he's thing. He's been playing Vesna caliber for like half the season, sort of like Campbell has. Well, yeah, and that's really what dragged Nashville out of the basement was him just being good in net for this team. So I think it's going to be st- – it's still going to be an interesting series, but I think Carolina definitely has the upper hand to start at least. Um, but we'll have to see as the series goes on, obviously. Um, so one thing to note is Sam Bennett, like we talked about earlier, he has 15 points in 10 games. So the Panthers are coming into this really hot. And I think unless, you know, Mr. Magically healed for the playoffs, Kucherov absolutely pops off for the lightning. I think the Florida, I think the Florida Panthers are going to give the lightning a run for their money and, you know, take this one to the next round. But like I said, Kucherov's coming in most likely, and who knows what's that, what that's going to mean. That could be good, but it also could be bad because he hasn't played all year. Um, so I'm going to do what Steve and Stack did. What are you guys looking forward to in these two series, and are you looking forward to one more than the other? I'm looking forward to Florida man versus Florida man because you know there's going to be like an alligator thrown in the ice or some shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like it's going to be some just some wacky shit's going to happen, and they got, they have a lot. Of, they're probably going to have a lot of fans, are they not? Because Florida's oh, yeah. a lot more. Florida's mostly open, so they're probably going to be close to full capacity. Ooh. Yeah, they don't give a fuck anymore. It would have been <laughs> interesting to see what da- what Dallas would have done too if they would have made it in. 
Right. Yeah, well, Texas is wide open. Capacity. Well, granted, they have, I think as of like three, four weeks ago, they had like 85% of their senior population fully vaccinated. So two weeks out, for, they, they've done a pretty good job rolling them out. Yeah. So ho- hopefully everyone stays safe. They, they haven't, you know, even with Texas having those big events, they haven't seen a spike or anything. It's, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy, but I am looking forward to watching some playoff hockey with fans in the stands. Yeah, that's for sure. It's going to get rid of that stupid drowning out noise of the, the just fake fan noise. I hate it. It's just, I see what they're trying to do with it, but it's just, uh, you ever have a ringing in your ear? That's what yeah. it's like now. Speaking of the fake fan noise, though, one thing I forgot to mention about the North. If the Leafs or whoever makes it out of the North, they're going to need a home a home team, a home city to play in. Right. So if Toronto makes it out or Montreal makes it out, hello, Buffalo. Fuck. <laughs> oh, and, and guess who's paying any amount of money to go see a Leafs playoff game in Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. I, will, I will blow all my Biden bucks on a fucking first class seat <laughs> in the Key Bank Center to watch the Leafs play whoever they play in, in the third round if they make it. You even know, if it's not them and they play in Buffalo, I might you, go. You know, I will sell of... all my cryptocurrency to go see a game. Yeah, I'll sell all my Dogecoin just to go see a game. <laughs> you know what kind of a cherry on top of this fucking shit show of a season it would be if the Leafs won a Stanley Cup in Buffalo, not even playing against the Sabres? It would be the most Buffalo thing that ever happened to Buffalo in Buffalo history. I hate it. Anyway, so back to the Central. Uh, Luke and Stack, what do you guys think about these series? I'm going to kind of actually go off the board. I really do want to see the two Florida men beat each other up, but... I am also really interested to see what goes on with Florida and Nashville or Florida, Carolina and Nashville. Cause if you really think about it, these two are, it's like a changing of the guard of the teams that were always really good and close, but never made it or never won. Cause we know Nashville has been doing it for years. They've been first round, second round bounces, and then they made that cup run and then they've been, first round bounces or they haven't even made the playoff since pretty much right or second round bounces like they've always been really close and carolina's kind of taken that over the last few years i mean i you know it'll be really interesting to see who comes out of this but yeah that's that's my pick i mean plus they all i mean the resurgence of nashville and carolina has been strong all season it'll just be another really fun series to watch yeah, for sure. I, I'm I'm excited for that one as well. Um, more because I like Carolina's style of play a lot. Yeah, they, they're a fun team. They're they're a very fun team to watch, and they they have an all around hockey team, and that's what I love to watch the NHL. That's why I watch the West Coast so much because you see that a lot more often. It's less it's less skill, more just all around good hockey. And it's going to be fun to watch. I am, though, interested to see who comes out in the Florida Man battle because I think that's going to seven games. I think it's going – I think it's going to go in the direction of the Panthers just because, like, it just feels like their time. Like like Stack said, it's like the changing of the guard. You always had Nashville and Tampa, like, doing consistently well, always at the top of the playoffs. And now – not to say Tampa is, like, not as good, but they're – in third, in a four place, in a fourth, like a top four, make it to the playoffs. So they're in the bottom half. And I just think that Kucherov's not going to be as much of a, you know, help to them as they think he will be just because he hasn't been, I mean, sure, he could have been practicing and skating, but like that's so much different than, than game, you know, like throwing him right into the shit is not going to be good for him. No. He could even he could even get re injured. Yeah, like if if I were them, I wouldn't even play him on the first line, like consistently. I'd have him like swap out. Like you play him one shift, you set him a shift, and have guys kind of roll around. Yeah, but but mostly play him on the power play. Right, right. So that way, there's less. You know, he has more opportunities to get his feet under him um, on a you know somewhat of a slower pace. 
than a five on five or four yeah. on four. I mean, I think John Cooper personally is a little overrated as a coach because he's always had a stacked team, but I think he's a good enough coach to realize when a player is just coming back from an injury, not to play him absurd amount of minutes. Looking at you, yeah. Ralph Kruger giving Risto 25 minutes a night after almost dying from COVID, you dumbass. Yeah. But that's for next episode. <laughs> yeah. So obviously fun this fun. is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a fun, uh, fun as it has been all year. It's going to be fun to watch these four teams battle it out. Unfortunately, one of those four teams most likely will not, well, actually they can't win the president's trophy anymore because of a certain team out West, right, Luke? Correct. And ironically enough, that certain team out West that I said, you know, is going to win the division hands down, no questions asked, could still lose the division as this is the only division that is not set in its placement. So Vegas currently holds the top spot in the West at 80 points and they have one game left. However, Colorado is right behind them with 78 points and they have two games left. Vegas plays tonight against San Jose. So if they win tonight, they should be able to claim that top spot for the division. However, if they end up losing and Colorado wins its last two against LA tonight and tomorrow, Colorado will win this division. And you're going to see a Colorado versus St. Louis and Vegas versus Minnesota instead of a Colorado, Minnesota, Vegas, St. Louis, as it has been for the past three weeks now. And what's also kind of fun is if Colorado loses their last two games and Minnesota wins their last two games, Minnesota could get home ice advantage against Colorado in the first round. Correct. So in a time where almost every division is set in stone, well, every other division is set in stone, these guys actually have something to play for right now. And I think it's going to lead right into the playoffs. They've been playing each other tough all year. And it's going to be both series, I think, uh, are going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no matter who faces who, this it's it's going to be fun hockey. I like I said, this is why I love watching West Coast hockey. It's it's so much fun. And I I really personally I really want to see a Vegas St. Louis series, um, just in the fact of how tough that series is going to be. It's going to be fast paced. It's going to be a lot of hard hitting. And it's going to be a lot of goals being scored. It's going to be four three games for a lot of those games. Yeah, I hope they score five goals a game on Bennington. I hate yeah, that dude. I hope so too. Um, so with it right now, as this is my opinion, how is it going to stay? I think it's going to stay. I think Vegas wins tonight um, and holds on to that first seed and wins the President's Trophy. So with that, Vegas versus St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota – what are you guys most excited to see? Colorado, Minnesota, just because Minnesota has really just come out of nowhere this year. I mean, obviously the help of Kirill Kaprizov and just a, an all-around team performance has really pushed them to where they're at. And I just think that, like, it's so nice to see a team like that just, just win. Like, I mean, they were – they're very much like the Sabres teams of past where they've got like decent players, but they might just not make it sort of thing, but they actually made it and they're doing well and they're getting credit around the league. And I really enjoy that being a Sabres fan and always being a fan of underdogs and things like that. So I'm really excited for the Minnesota Colorado series just because I love Colorado as a team. And then I love just the way Minnesota has been playing. So Obviously, like Steve said, we should we should look, we would love to see um, Vegas put up five on Bennington every single night, but that'll get boring after a while. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't think it'll get boring because I like seeing Vegas win. That's fair, and I love seeing Bennington get being Bennington get angry and then, <laughs> and then throw a hissy fit and try to punch other goalies. Yeah. I thought I thought all those weirdos stuck together. Why do all goalies hate each other? Bennington is just that. fucking stupid. Steve, you looking for something there, bud? Steve is Steve is away from his mic, trying to find something. Apparently, 
He can't um, hear us we'll, either. So we'll, we'll get back to that as he can't even hear us. Stag, yeah. what's, what's your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, so, sort of basically what Josh said, too. I want to see what Minnesota's made of because, you know, for years they were always that team that's, you know, bunch of kind of bunch of nobodies overachieving their way into the playoffs and they never got far. I mean, am I wrong? No, we're not reacting to you. So, so everybody listening, Steve just picked up his couch and we don't know why. And we don't know what he's looking for. It's really funny. I bet you he lost his phone. Anywho, stack continue with what you were saying. Yeah. Well, while grandpa Steve picks up his old couch, um, (laughs) I will say, I really want to see what Minnesota's made of. They finally got some consistent goaltending in Talbot and Kakanen. I mean, the emergence of Kaprizov, their defense has been great all season. Like, you know, when your team is good, when you're not in the headlines, you know? Yeah. When no one gives up, no one's peeping about these players, about your guys, except for your stars. I mean, that's pretty much what the Leafs have gone through all season with the, you know, with the exception of a few things. But it's, it's a good sign. And I think Minnesota has what it takes to, I mean, who knows if they'll win anything, but it could all, it could be a situation where they just take a big enough dent out of whoever they play that the next round they won't do as well as they're supposed to, as they're projected, sort of like with Vancouver and Vegas last year. How Vancouver took a big chunk out of Vegas, taking them to seven, and then they'd lose to the guys who lost to to Tampa and Dallas. So I really want to see what they can do. Steve, uh, now that you have rejoined us, um, what about you? How heavy is your couch? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll explain what happened a little bit. I, I feel dumb. But now I have a closing time segment, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, but I, I'm really interested to see how Minnesota does in these playoffs. They've got a lot of veteran guys who have been around the block, and then they've got some young guys who are they, – they have a young guy, basically, in Kirill <laughs> uh, Kaprizov. But they also have Jordan Greenway, who is built for the playoffs, Marcus Foligno, who's built for the playoffs as a guy who can get down in the corners, beat the living piss out of you, but still has enough skill to score. And he's not a cheap fuck like Tom Wilson. I thought he was still injured. Uh, He's like close. I I thought he was skating the other day, but I could be wrong. Um, He's he's close to coming back. I believe he should be back for the playoffs. I I hope so because I love me some Marcus Foligno. Same. He's my third ever favorite saber next to Poundville and Miller. But other than that, I mean, it's always fun watching Vegas play. They're built like a playoff team and their time is now. So if they, if they don't win this year or next year, they're being for some trouble. So they're going to lay it all on the ice and it's going to be fun every game. And I hope uh, St. Louis gets shit on like no one's business. (laughs) But yeah. I, I hate Bennington. I, I don't have a grudge against Ryan O'Reilly. I Good for him for getting out of Buffalo, that tire fire. But I, I, I don't like St. Louis. I, I never have. I never will. It's yeah. just some, something about him. Maybe it's – I don't know. It's their stupid face. There's nothing you can do. It's just their <laughs> face. That, that being said, as this division could change um, – Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, Minnesota. How would you guys think that would look out really quick before we jump into the closing time? I think Vegas is going to win the division. Uh, So we're going to have Vegas, St. Louis, then Colorado, Minnesota. And I don't think Minnesota is going to get home ice advantage. Uh, I don't think so either. Colorado's last two games is against L.A. uh, tonight and tomorrow. So as long as they win one of those, they have second place at least locked up. You know, that's a proud L.A. Kings team that's 10 points out of a playoff spot. (laughs) Um, I'd actually be worried to see Vegas face Minnesota. Minnesota's been actually one of their biggest areas of concern this year. And I'm excited to see Kirill Kaprizov in the playoffs, see if he can keep this momentum swinging 
as he jumps into playoffs for the first time in his NHL career. Swinging, jumping, is he Spider-Man or something? I mean, you never know, man. You never know. Have you ever seen him and Spider-Man in the same room together? No. Exactly. Yeah, well, he could be one of those from Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> but that being said, we're going to jump into some closing time as the season is wrapping up and our episode is wrapping up. So, Steve, what do you got for us as you don't know yet, but the fans listening already will, will know that there was something going on over there and we were talking about it. Okay, so I don't know what you guys said when I was basically offline. I tried to keep my uh, headphone in, but I couldn't because I got angry. You know, it tends to happen. So I have this Nalgene bottle that I drink water out of constantly. I constantly need to be hydrated, whatever. So usually they have something that, you know, attaches the lid to the bottle. Well, I've used mine so much that it broke off. So now I have just a cap that's... Not in any asses. So I unscrew the top, drinking some water, and I have the other cap in my hand. And I've got the mic stand in my other hand. Well, I drop the cap, falls down, hits my foot, and it goes onto the couch. It's like, all right, no big deal. I'll, you know, reach down and grab a can of gone that far. Can't find it. So then I get on all fours. I look under the couch. Still can't find it. Use a flashlight on my phone, looking around, still can't find it. By the way, underneath my couch really needs to be fucking cleaned. Holy shit. Uh, I found one of Laura's stuffed animals under there. It's probably asphyxiated, so I'm going to do some CPR later. Um, Stop. Still, still can't find it. So I'm just like, all right, screw this. I take out my headphones, so I have no idea what you are. I had to mute my mic. I try and literally flip the couch is like, nope, that's not going to work. So I get on one side of it, lift the entire one end up so I could look underneath it, try and find this fucking thing. Still can't find it. Finally, I give up. He's like, all right, it's lost. I'm going to, you know, have to dig into my savings to buy a $10 Nalgene bottle. Uh, Then I sit down, I look over, it's two feet to my left, not underneath the couch, in plain sight. Two, two feet to my left. Nice. Uh, what? Well, uh, Steve, how's your, your work week been? This does not, not even that bad. I'm just dumb. Yeah, I, I'm the epitome of that 70s show when uh, Eric Foreman is just like, why do things keep happening to me? You know, it's like I'm cursed or something. And Red, his father, if you haven't watched the show, he goes, son. You're not cursed. Bad things happen to you because you're a dumbass. (laughs) Right here. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that show. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Hope everyone has a great week and you guys wrap up the show well. I got to run. I got a beer league game. It's our last game before the uh, playoffs, so I got to roll off my four-goal performance last week. Score six. Well, good I'll luck settle for one. <laughs> Everyone wish good luck to Steve as he heads off to his beer league game. And Peace. with that, Stack, what you got for us for closing time? Well, as you guys have probably come to expect by now, my my uh, my closing times get a little uh, get a little sentimental. Um, so, like I mentioned off the top, I'm all done with my finals. I've got my history degree now. Given I pass all my finals, but I think I'll be all right. Anyways, you know, last weekend at my house, last weeks, last couple, last couple days at my house that I originally got with my buddies two years ago, and I'm the only one left because they all either flunked out or moved on, and it's been interesting. Been a wild four years, kind of a wild ride coming to a close, and you know. Met a lot of friends along the way. Some that I'll consider friends for life and, you know, teammates and a whole awesome hockey and college experience. And it's been a fun ride. Now I'm just looking forward to the Leafs and their hopefully long playoff run. But that's all I got for closing time. Hell yeah, it's definitely a different experience as you finish up your, you know, four years you spent at the same place. 
But yeah. with that, Josh, what do you got for us as we close things up here on the Frozen Four podcast? Not a whole lot of nothing. Um, <laughs> I haven't really been doing much. It's been weird, like, this past, like, week. Because, like I said, Monday was crazy, like a shit show. But yesterday and today, I didn't really have to do much. And it feels weird to not do anything. Like, I feel like I'm forgetting to do stuff. And I'm like... I don't know, but that's what burnout does to you. That's what overloading students does to you. But um, a little bit of a funny story. I was playing Xbox earlier today, and I have this bag of Hershey Kisses, and I accidentally set them on my Xbox and forgot that they were there and then went to go eat them like 20 minutes after I got done playing Xbox and reached my hand into a bag of chocolatey goo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They got really warm. And they're all, they were all melted, but they, they hardened up now so I can continue eating my Hershey Kisses. But yeah, so that's funny. But other than that, I'm just really scared for post-grad life, but that's fine. So is everyone. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different experience uh, in post-grad, post-school life. Um, I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. I thought I'd actually be doing something in the music industry, which is what I got my degree in. But obviously, as you all know, and you all listening know, that has not been the case. Um, And the fact that I am doing military funerals, and I am full-time doing that, and... It's it's been a a hectic two weeks there. Uh, We we're we're just we're just going through it. We we have seven services on Saturday alone. Um, so I'm I'm uh I'm going through it. I'm getting out of uh, having to take a uh, PT test with my unit though, as I'm getting pulled from drill this weekend. So it's it's a, it's not as bad as uh as I thought as I thought it could be. So very excited about that. Uh, but with that. Make sure to check out our socials. Instagram is the uh, is at the frozen the number four podcast. The Twitter is the fr- uh, frozen. I forgot it again. What is with me and forgetting our own Twitter when I'm <laughs> the one that runs it? <laughs> I'll look it up for you real quick here. Twitter so, is frozen four pod. Is yes. at frozen four pod. Um, go check them out. We'll be posting and keep an eye out for that special coming up as we're going to take a deep dive into what the hell the dumpster fire is going on in Saberland. But as I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch some playoff hockey.